This is Movie Mosh, Episode 2, Paxson. Hosted by Dan Terry, Mike Yaney, and Joseph Wren. Presented by DiscussMetal.com. <laughs> well, we just watched a fucking movie, didn't we? <laughs> Paxson, motherfucker. Hells yeah. What year did this movie come out? Was it 19? I could just look on the box. 1922. Yeah. 1922. This movie is bananas. 1922, silent film. All about witchcraft, or rather the paranoia surrounding witchcraft. And, I mean, they, they jump time periods a few times. And how it is still with us in different forms. It is, or at least it was in 1922. The Could early 20s now. version of a docudrama. We're going to tell you what people actually thought. We're going to tell you what they were afraid of, what supposedly happened in the middle of the night when the devil popped out of the fucking wall, <laughs> waggling his tongue, saying, come over here. I can make the smoothest butter for you. You fucking won't smooth believe butter. how well this spreads, and You've it's rich. Grass-fed butter, but have you heard of devil butter? No, oh you have to lick my butt first, though. I don't know if I mentioned that first. That was but, crazy. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of that. There's a lot of devil ass kissing. <laughs> and, well, that's how you uh, pay tribute. It is. Uh, Not sure why Jeff keeps asking for there's it. There's a scene where <laughs> a demon is sacrificing a baby. That's in a 1922 silent film. I want you to just wrap your head around that. You see, you might be thinking that like, oh, I thought old movies were like decent and shit. No, nope. they, they really weren't. As far back then, you really didn't have any real standards on what you could put on film. Mm -mm. So, of course, just like, you know, it was just like with music, really. Like you have people that, that write music that's happy and fun and go lucky. And then you always have that fucking guy in the corner that's like, I'm going to record the most horrendous shit I possibly can. <laughs> Who let Dan in here? And then you get Pantera, you know, but it's like, uh, or, you know, more realistically, Mayhem or Gorgoroth or bands like that. Uh, but, you know, I don't think that was the intention either. I don't think that the intention behind this movie was to be evil. No. I think it was to be shocking, certainly. Uh, you know, what, what a lot but of these... more in the sense of, did you know? I you think didn't know? Oh, let me show you. The dramatic parts, like when you see the 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 witches frolicking and doing their deeds, and when you see the Inquisition doing what it's doing, all of those scenes, I think, in there just to add a little bit of spice to what is not necessarily a dry subject, but which, you know, it, it wanted to spice it up for people, even back then. Well, well that is going to the up. movies in the 20s was... Oh, me and Stacy are going to the pictures, and what we get is what we get. Nobody even went to see Haxon. They just mm. went to the pictures. <laughs> well, yeah, that too. Also, I don't know what kind of distribution this film got. It probably was only like in Sweden, in, in Scandinavia, and Europe in general. Like I know that a lot of uh, a lot of classic silent movies only really came out and were really shown in the countries they originated in. There really wasn't much of an international market for it until like the 30s by the time you get to the talkies. It was banned, I believe. Um, or not even banned as much as people would be like, yep, nope. I think they it was kind of forgotten. Touch it. I think it was kind of forgotten about until the 60s or so. Yeah. At least in America. So it was just called The Witch. And everybody said, no, not in my <laughs> theater. Sort of. I mean, you know, some of the stuff that they said at the end of the movie was especially true about how that superstition still exists to this day. Yeah. And I think people rejecting the movie is really a, a you know, like a gotcha. Told you. Yeah. You know? And, um, yeah, there's a lot of people that, you know... People I think, that don't I th pick up on the tonal shift within the movie itself. Maybe they yeah. can't distinguish yeah. like, what's supposed to be... Like, they, those, those scenes are so vivid where you see, you know, them sacrificing a baby, where you see them 
like flying off into the night, then you think, is this movie trying to tell us that witches are real? No. No, it's trying to get you into the headspace of the people that thought that way. Right. Well, because that whole scene, too, was just a balls out insane confession that they tortured out of somebody. Yeah. Where she's like, okay, here's how it went down. And they make it very clear. They spell that out. So I don't know. I really don't know if it was banned in this country so much as it was. I always just think it was just forgotten about. But I would think that it might have done better internationally than it would have done in the U.S. Just because, you know, in 1920s U.S. there was still kind of a, I don't know, you know, a, a little bit of a stigma with anything. Uh, so because you got to think that was that was during like the revivalist time and one stuff it, like that yeah. in America. I mean, America was kind of going through one of its most um, religious uh, reawakenings at the same time you know what also was going on spiritualism yeah quite a bit too Again. so this idea of like the occult was big on people's minds this is where you get like guys like Montague Summers start releasing books on the vampire his kith and kin and stuff like that so I don't think that Hakeson wouldn't have found like fertile ground over here it's just the nature of the medium you well, know I don't know though because spiritualism is is a little different in the sense that spiritualism was was more not necessarily based on the religion no side of things you know like they weren't using religious terminology and and things like that they were just trying to basically communicate with the dead or to basically find this alternate world there's a that uh, existed outside of our normal i think there's a lot of overlap but overall when you get down to it belief is belief and you like you know you, you decide i'm gonna believe in x and then uh, you believe in it and see well, how far I, it gets I you. I would think that a spiritualist would find a movie, um, a movie like, well, maybe not a movie like Haxon, but just the idea of like spiritual things being evil as counterproductive or to, wrong. Like in this yeah. case, like the idea of it being like this is people, oh, you believe um, that witches are real and they're actually literally worshiping the devil and performing his actions on earth. Well, you know. That's misguided. And you might be like, no, oh, the devil is real. The devil's real, bish. The devil's right. Real. Right, because at that point, this. the argument is, what are you wasting your time believing in these deities and these gods? I can actually talk to dead people. <laughs> right. I, I and, think that, that the spiritualist. Harold Houdini, and then, uh, Houdini shows up and is like, actually, you're full of shit. Now punch me in the stomach. <laughs> Houdini, the ultimate troll. <laughs> he, was, he was legit, though. I'm here to ruin your day. I'm like a storm cloud. Now punch me in the you stomach. Know, he, he, you know, he just uh, he took the wins out of all these shysters, all these con men, and well, of course they wanted to kill him. But I think that uh, he was like the Jesus of. <laughs> anyway, okay, uh, that's maybe that's gone too far considering tonight's subject matter. But uh, with Haxon, I think that, you know, at face value, a spiritualist would want to have nothing to do with something that would promote anything remotely spiritual. It's evil or satanic. If anything, but if it's they a had comedy. Actually, but if they had actually watched the film, they would find that the mindset and the views are very much in line with um, more contemporary thinkers yeah. when it comes to witchcraft. And I mean, Satanism. again, do we even know if this even aired in the United States at all? I don't know. With, I'm not who, sure. So that's why we did a because, podcast about it without researching yeah, it at all. Yeah, it's like I say, like, you know, I really did not research. So, I mean, it's, it's for me, it's just cool. There's a, for people that are still interested, I believe it's also free. There's the version with William S. Burroughs, who is just narrating the whole thing. And if anyone who does not know who that is, you might have heard of Naked Lunch. You might have heard of quite a lot of other works like Junkie, uh, this old kind of like one of the first uber beatniks, although he never self-identified as a beatnik. 
but he's lumped in with these guys. But incredible writer, usually very matter of fact. Talked about the grossest, weirdest sexual shit in his own life and other wow. things. And also wrote really trippy sci-fi that was a lot like Philip K. Dick stuff. So, you know, he narrates uh, Hakeson. And if you're interested in that, it's um, up for free. All this stuff is for free. So you can find it pretty easily. Yeah, you can YouTube this movie. We'll have a link to it in Both the show versions. notes. Yeah, I mean, you can just go right to it. And another good thing about that version is it has a much more appropriate soundtrack. A dissonant, you weird, experimental jazz soundtrack, can you? version. I, I recommend watching it silent. I do not like... I'm not a big fan of incidental, just like classical music tracks slapped on top of a movie haphazardly without any consideration to what's going on in the scene. I hate that. That's why we listen so. to the what is it, industrial death version? There's of, the indu- there's uh, the Nosferatu. There's the goth industrial soundtrack for Nosferatu. Yes, but I don't think it's as good as the quote unquote original score, which I thought that movie was very well scored. Sometimes they are. I don't know. There's some versions like, but there's a version the of the dollar Fritz Lang. store version is bad. Yeah, like the Fritz. There, I saw a version of Fritz Lang Metropolis um, there was a scene that was like very very kind of slow and thoughtful and it had this high strings like you know just like you thought someone was about to get killed and then there's a straight up rape scene in the movie where it's literally like la 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 it's like this flowery kind of like Vivaldi Vivaldi score going on and I'm thinking I'm being I'm being trolled by this movie. <laughs> if this, this was actually showing at the theater in the twenties, the guy playing piano would be like This is not a the good old, scene. The, old, the perils of Pauline or whatever. Fuck yeah. The uh no, it's, it's a f- interesting movie. I I, I like what they were trying to go for, uh, basically comparing, saying that, you know, stop maligning and thinking of people with mental disabilities as so, like, you know, completely outside the spectrum. Because this is the same time period in which we have eugenicists arguing that we should exterminate and euthanize or at the very least sterilize anyone with anything remotely mentally wrong with them. So you're and saying some, this movie had a message? Yes, it did. It, and um, I know the Nazis weren't very fond of it, and that's part of the reasons why. It's like, well, you know, it, it, instead of treating these people they wanted to just butcher them so what do you mean mine fear <laughs> we should not put the people in the ovens <laughs> well i think they put, put themselves in those I think ovens. That's something else entirely but <laughs> I mean, it's just like yeah. you know Hansel and gretel those german witches always trying to burn people man always trying to shove them in ovens fuck. well i think that uh, <laughs> fuck dude that's that's harsh i don't know if we can put that in <laughs> yeah we will who gives a fuck but uh the uh the thing that I liked about this movie, too, is they tried really hard to illustrate both sides of the argument, too, in the sense that, like, you know, these these religious people were super delusional. You have to also yeah. understand that, like, the, uh, the, the people that they were interrogating also believed in witchcraft and believed in all of this stuff, too, which is where we get those insane confessions where mm-hmm. they're like, well, maybe I was bewitched. What's kind of strange also is that something that I was reading a while back about just the very nature of belief in those time period in that time period like at first like you know there's this folk magic right but then when you get suspicion of people you start to build like guys like Heinrich Kramer building this whole vast mythology of like here's the devil what the devil serpents do here's how they do it people read that it leaches into the pop culture and before you know it you have people actually legit trying to do that stuff because they think right. oh you mean if I pledge my soul to Satan I can do this shit yeah I mean you, you know, put it out so, in the world yeah exactly <laughs> like, difficult to mind sure yeah. you know there, so there might be legit so there might be some legit people that thought they were were doing this stuff but of course, it's all bullshit <laughs> when he comes down to Every it. Every last bit of it, yeah. And uh, but I, I definitely liked the um, 
authenticity that they tried to create with the scenes. I mean, it might look kind of hokey now, but it actually looks less hokey than a lot of movies that come out now that try to recreate yeah. a medieval or, you so know. So there's this guy. He's going to dress up like the devil, and we have no such thing as CGI. Because well, yeah, it you're filming a yet. real they thing. freaking nailed the devil right there, man. Like that scene where he just rises above the book. Holy fuck. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that, I don't That's c- the devil. That is. <laughs> There's no question about it in anybody's mind. Where's the shadow of Haxon film, Mike? It wasn't oh, even man. like it wasn't even like an, <laughs> no, like really. an he imp. made a pact with the devil to be in the movie. But no, it wasn't even it wasn't <laughs> wow. even an. Imp. Are you implying that this is like um, like Max Shrek being a vampire for real? You're saying that that Swedish actor really was the devil? Actually, was the devil? <laughs> they, they threw a casting call out for the actual devil. <laughs> you know. Um, it's kind of like when Chris Hemsworth tried out for Thor, and they were like, oh, shit, it's actual Thor. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, the devil, I mean, they, they did so well with that with that visual because, like, it's not like it was just an imp or a lesser demon. or There was no confusing that this was the Lucifer of the Bible. Like, there, <laughs> like, there was just no, nothing left of the imagination on that. Yep. And, so uh, I think that uh, also one has to wonder just how much that it, that has influenced our version, our view of the devil. How much yeah, I, I wonder that too. Um, I mean, much the same way that Nosferatu, uh, another silent film, shaped how we feel about vampires. Yeah, you know, um, the truly bestial kind of vampires. You know, but, Mike, I think you'd know better than me. Prior to this film being made, the depictions of the devil were basically that of mm. a higher imp or demon or Bahamut. A lot of it's kind of like taken from, uh, you start to see like depictions of Satan looking like that in the late Middle Ages, and a lot of it seems to be kind of cribbed from classical. Like, like it's kind of like, he looks like Pan. Like, they take like what like Dionysus and Pan look like, and they make it look even more evil. I'm a satyr, look at me. Yeah, yeah, like there's a, there's a bit of that, a bit of crossover with classical mythology, and a lot of these, like, you know, uh, the church is really big into this, obviously. So it just it all kind of it's this big welter. I don't feel that qualified to talk about it. Actually, <laughs> I'm not an art history major. You're so. the most qualified man in the room. <laughs> but uh, but no no it's uh oh it's it's weird how our views of what the devil even looks like have changed so much over time. Well, clearly not a lot because we knew exactly who that was. Oh yeah, <laughs> you know at first glance. So yeah. I think there's a certain collective view of the devil, at least here in America. Yeah, and uh, guy in a big red suit jumps around. Got a pitchfork. No, he's white, <laughs> whiter than you folks. <laughs> Walks around with a mean old hound dog. That's closer, a movie we need to do on the show. Closer to reality than we'd like to admit, maybe. <laughs> totally. But uh, so, I mean, would you recommend this movie, Mike, to uh, people to check out? Or this? oh man, I think that even if you don't like it, you should see it at least once, just to be like, it, if for another thing than just to get up and be like, what the fuck was that? Or like, huh, that was boring, and get away. But if you're into into the occult, if you say you like metal stuff and you like if you like film history at all, or even if you just like spooky shit, like just go out and see it, man. You know, everyone should see this at least once. I think for me, it's got the same effect as like a Cannibal Corpse record, like a like a Butchered at Birth or or something like that, <laughs> where it's just it's not something that I'm gonna watch all the time. No, no. But like when somebody like that doesn't know me very well comes over to my house and they're like, let's on. watch a movie. This is the one you put on. Sometimes and you just I sit do back that. and don't say anything and just like let you them do watch. That it. Just to test people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, find out find out how, what their longevity is as a, as a friend. You know, yeah, yeah, how yeah. far can I take shit with this person before they leave? Um, so I mean, yeah, I, I would recommend it if only for that fucked up reason. But uh, also that it's kind of cool to know that back in the in the 1920s, 
that a lot of the views that we have on witchcraft and how and how uh, you know unfortunate people were treated back then over basically just faceless accusations or mental illness that there actually was a contemporary view on all of that yes. you know and we're almost we're coming up on almost 100 years ago sometimes equally brutal like again uh, the, yeah. the a lot of countries it wasn't just the nazis a lot of countries euthanized their mentally disabled people and a lot of states in the united states did this too so it's uh, kind of something to think about it is i like silent movies i think people should watch silent movies especially for the historical fact that before we had modern films we had pictures people went to pictures and We'll watch things on the screen be presented to them. Look at that. It's a picture, and it's moving. Quiet down. Watch the picture show. <laughs> I don't know if it's for everybody. There are many people that don't watch any silent film or really any film prior to the 1950s. They're missing out so much. And they absolutely are. I think, at worst, this movie is a propaganda film for the mistreatment of mental patients. And propaganda is evil. But if we don't watch it, we don't take it in and at least try to understand why it was created, then we're doing ourselves a disservice and we will definitely repeat it. It's that old trope, some anvils need to be dropped. Visually. Yeah. <laughs> I love the depiction of the devil and hell. There are so many tropes about what hell looks like. My favorite for years was Bill and Ted. <laughs> <laughs> then it quickly became Coffin Joe. Now, Still have to see I got those. a contender. So, definitely. You should watch it at least once. I think most of these silent movies were made to be watched one time. I don't think any of the old serials are designed to be sat down and repeatedly watched over and over. That's why they were serials. It was, you watch it once and come back next week for the next part. There was no go back. So, it should be watched at least once. Especially if you like dark and dreary shit, because some of this well, shit's yeah. scary, man. <laughs> totally scary. Some of those creatures, like that woman giving birth to a centipede demon. I mean, yeah, this movie's got everything, up. man. Those weren't Ewoks? <laughs> I think it, if, if, if you think it's the movie's improved by there being Ewoks in it, then why not? They have to blink, though. <laughs> well, guys, that does it for this week's episode of Movie Mosh. We will be back very soon with more movies, more talk. Uh, I know these episodes are a little bit shorter than the uh, main podcast discography discussion, but if you guys want to hear us talk more about these movies, you can subscribe to our Patreon, where you will get to hear our audio commentary as we're watching the movie. Some of the stuff is a complete surprise as we're seeing it. I'm not going to necessarily say that it would be fun to listen to without having the movie synced up, which is why we do a three, two, one, go. If you have this movie or can obtain it somehow, definitely try to watch it with the commentary and, and listen to the uh, hilarity that ensues on some of those commentary tracks. We will see you guys very soon with another episode of Movie Mosh. Reach out to us. Let us know how you feel about the show. Dan and Joe show at gmail.com. You can go on our Facebook, facebook.com slash discography discussion. You can find all of these episodes and tons of other goodies at discussmetal.com. We'll see you guys later. Right, take care, everybody. Peace. Well done, Grandpa. You really are the best. Uh, uh,